Amen. Amen. So if you want to get connected and experience baptism, obviously we have a uh, brochure that we can help you understand baptism. You can also call our church office. You can sign up on the communication card uh, for your kids. Our directors have a form that you can go through with your child, which I've always enjoyed. I've been through it with my godkids, my nieces, my nephews, and it's been a very special, special experience. So I hope that you'll take advantage of that opportunity and we'll be baptized right here on the patio. It's an exciting, exciting thing. Well, I am uh, I'm so pleased to be with you this morning as we continue in our series. Our series is Everybody Always. And for the last few weeks, we've been asking ourselves a question. And the question is, what would happen if we just stopped worrying about and just started loving people, even difficult people? And if you want to know what a difficult person looks like, just grab a mirror real quick and just... Go right there, and you'll know what that looks like. But we started with loving people where you are. A lot of times we talk about loving people where they are, but sometimes it's important just to love people where you are, in your home, your school, your neighborhood, wherever that is. Then last week we talked about catching people on the bounce, and we talked about how it's great to see hope in people. This morning we are, are talking about not playing it safe. We're talking about what it means to, 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 to go the extra mile, to step out in faith. And actually, it, it's a perfect week for this. You're going to notice right here, we have a, a, a Back to Church Sunday series that starts on September 15th. September 15th is Back to Church Sunday. Also happens to be the night of the consecration service for our uh, week-long revival. But we have 25 packs. Not 25 packs. We have 25 packs. And there are probably 100 of them. And we want you to not play it safe. We want you to go into your community, your neighborhood, where you are. And take a pack of these and hand them out or place them on doors, whatever, however God leads you. If you're in a parking lot and you want to put them underneath, whatever God leads you to do. We have stacks here, stacks here, and stacks in the back. And we're hoping that these are dated. September 15, 2019 is only going to come once. Anything that's left over is a wasted resource. So if you take these over the next couple weeks... And invite people. It's time for us to stop playing it safe in our faith and step out in faith. And today, we're talking about, from our Bible story, we're talking about two things that happen. Uh, Jesus first not playing it safe and not playing by religious rules. Jesus heals a blind man, a man who was blind from birth. And Jesus does it in a way that even a modern day actor said he didn't believe when he was going to portray Jesus in a very fictitious, not historical account of Christ. He said, I just find it hard to believe that Jesus would spit on the ground, make mud, and put it on somebody's eyes. Evidently, he didn't read the creation story that men were created from the dust. So he found it hard to believe, so he just decided he didn't believe because of that. But Jesus didn't play it safe. He did things differently. First off, him spitting on the ground and turning the soil on the Sabbath was already breaking religious rules. Then he puts it on the man's eyes, heals the man, and tells the man to go wash himself. Again, breaking religious rules. And then the man who was blind from birth can now see. 
Jesus didn't play it safe. The religious people hated it. As a matter of fact, they called the man in and tried to, tried to bully him and, and ask him who dare would do something on the Sabbath. So much so they kept messing with this guy that they called him back again and finally the guy decided, I'm not going to play it safe either. You want to know, why you got so many questions about Jesus? You keep asking me about him. Do you want to be his follower? Well, that didn't go well. His parents abandoned him because they didn't want to be thrown out of the temple. So they're like, you need to ask him because I don't know nothing. I don't even know this kid. This kid was blind from birth, is now healed, can see, and his parents walk away afraid of getting thrown out of church. Because religious people didn't like. They like to play it safe. And this man, he said, he said you know what he said? This is literally what he said. He said, listen... All I know is this, I once was blind and now I see. That's what he said. He said, you need to go find the guy yourself. You need to talk with him yourself because all I know is I once was blind, but now I see. And you got so many questions, do you want to be his followers? And the truth is probably some of them did because they're thinking, hmm, this sounds like a good idea here. But their religion kept them out of the game. You see... Bob, Bob Goff, the, the author of Everybody Always, says this. He says, playing it safe will steal your joy. You know why so many people get bored with Christianity? You get bored with your faith because you never take any chances. You never step out in faith. You're, you're so worried about being identified with Christ that you don't even identify with Christ anymore. You're so identified that your coworkers, your friends, your schoolmates go, you go to church? And you don't even know to say, no, I don't go to church. I am the church. Because we've been playing it safe so long that we don't know what it means to take risks. And then we wonder why we're not joyful in our faith. We're stepping out in faith in one of the hottest months in Florida. We're going six nights in, a, in an area. And there's seven areas in our city that have been identified as high crime areas. And we're physically going there to the glory of God. And it's a stretch for everybody because we're not only going there, but then we're going door to door all around the neighborhoods. That's faith. You got to step out. You got to do something that keeps your joy. The worst part about the story is they miss the miracle. They miss the miracle in the story because of man-made laws. They miss the miracle. God calls us to live a bold life of faith. But they miss the miracle. So I ask you this morning, I want us, not just you, me. I've had to do this all week and I have to continue to do this. Do a self-evaluation of your faith. When's the last time you stepped out in faith? When's the last time you invited anyone to church? When's the last time you shared your faith with someone? If someone asked you, how do you believe in Christ? Or do you believe in Christ? Or how do you know you're saved? Can you even give an answer? See, these are questions that we have to ask. When's the last time that you stepped out? You made a bold statement about what God did. Maybe God did a miracle in your life, but you didn't want to tell anybody because they think you're crazy. So you dismissed it to coincidence. Or excuse yourself, I'm just going to praise God by myself. Don't invite anybody else to praise God with you. Better yet, when's the last time 
that God called you to share his love with someone and you actually did it and you didn't play safe. That person in the grocery store that God said, I need you to do this. I need you to step out. I need you to do this. It's outside your comfort zone, but I need you to do it. I need you to do something for me. Joe, I don't think you'll mind if I tell the story. I, I know Joe won't. But uh, I was on my way. Y'all know how I feel about my singing, right? Y'all know I know that I can't sing. Y'all understand that. So I'm on my way. Yes, hallelujah, I heard that. Can I get an amen? I'm on my way to see Nancy on Thursday. It's Thursday, I believe. Yeah, Thursday, right? I'm driving there, and the Holy Spirit tells me, you're going to sing in the garden to Nancy. I did not know that was one of her songs. And the top list Joe gave me this morning of songs played at the celebration services, one of them is in the garden. My grandma's favorite song. I was, first, first one, Joe says. And I'm driving there, and I'm like, Lord, come on. <laughs> Can I just get a scripture out? You know, can I play it? Can I play it from YouTube? No, you need to sing it. And I'm like, okay, it's just going to be Joe and Nancy. Okay, it's going to be all right. All right, so I get there and I turn the corner. And first off, Joe has went home to take care of Ruby. And there are eight of their relatives in the room. Eight. Sister, grandkids, family. Right away I was like, well, that ain't happening. So I sat down, made myself comfortable, said, let us read a psalm. We read the 23rd psalm, and while I'm reading it, the Lord's going, you're singing. I'm like, no, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not sing. <laughs> so we sang, and we prayed, and then I said, listen, guys. I said, here's the facts. I know that I cannot sing. But I know that the Lord told me that I'm supposed to sing to Nancy today. And I said, I, I don't have any other choice, so I'm going to sing. And they were all so gracious. They're like, it's okay. <laughs> and I sang. I didn't play it safe. Because God didn't ask us to play it safe. Now, I know Nancy and I are going to have a talk about that later, but there, there's no tears in heaven, so she's good. But the truth of the matter is God calls us. He calls us to step out. And when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, you have to do it. That's what God calls us to. That's the life God calls us to. And I would have been regretting it for the rest of my life had I not taken that, it would have totally stolen my joy. Instead, joy welled up inside of me. And there's a gift. Playing it safe will keep you on the shoreline and the sideline, not in the game. And you and I, we've got to step out. And we've got to dig deep. And we've got to know that not playing it safe requires us to do a few things. It requires us to step out in faith. The first thing I want you to see is that uh, not playing it safe requires... Focusing on what is uh, important, not who's at fault. That's the first thing you need to see. We need to focus on what's important, not who's at fault. Perfect example. You see somebody who's broken and hurting, and the first thing we do is, well, they did that to themselves. 
They're God's children. They're somebody that God loves. They're God's creation. And God might be calling you to help them. Well, I ain't helping them because they put themselves in that position. Well, you put yourself in your position and God helped you. How in the world are you going to just decide, I'm going to talk about who's at fault and not what's important? If God calls you to do something, it doesn't doesn't matter how they got there. It means God doesn't want to leave them there and somebody's got to do something about it. And guess what? You're that somebody. And I'll bet you what, you'll be happy that you did it. Even if you get rejected, you still will be happy that you did it. And that's what happens here. Uh, As he passed by, he saw a, a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned? Uh, uh, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind right away they're looking for who's at fault this guy's blind there's got to be somebody that's in fault at fault and Jesus answered it's not that this man sinned or his parents but that the works of God might be displayed in him he said man we need to focus on what's important not who's at fault it ain't his mama it ain't his daddy and it ain't him God wants to do something miraculous in him And God's going to do something miraculous in him. And so you and I have got to stop. So many times, God takes the blame. God takes the blame. Or or we end up blaming somebody else for our situation. God, why'd you do this to me? He didn't drive you there. He didn't drive you there. You went there on your own, didn't you? But God did it. We, we blame our upbringing. Well, I was born this way. Yes, yeah, so was I. We were all born in sin. We were all born with a bend towards sin. We were all born with trouble. Oh, it's God's fault. He made me this way. No, he, he might have made you, but he's not going to leave you in that position. You were born in sin, but he provided a way out of sin. Right? Or it's, my, it's God's fault uh, because I was born and I didn't have a whole lot. So I was, my upbringing wasn't right. I didn't have, so I get to treat you any way I want. Come on. God doesn't want to leave you there. Matter of fact, God said, I've come for the poor. And many of us can identify with that. We want to blame, oh, mommy wasn't there, daddy wasn't there. Blame all these other things. Well, God is. Let's forgive them and move forward. Let's forget about what's at fault and let's talk about what's important. You can't move forward until you forgive. Ultimately, we should, be not, we should not be looking for who's at fault, but we should be focused on what's important. It's a struggle for you and me. Jesus shifts the attention from who's at fault to what's important. He says, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the works of God. God was going to use this situation to to bring this man to faith and others to faith, but he was also going to use this to testify of God's greatness and the, the, the beauty of the Son of God being present with us now to show the religious order There was something more than religion. There was relationship. And so what happens? This event could have brought the the religious to faith. It could have. It could have brought the religious to faith. But their focus was on fault finding and not faith finding. And that's the problem with so many people who, who they come to church. And instead of coming here to be transformed, they come here to find fault. 
I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Well, you're a hypocrite anyway. We're all hypocrites. You don't have to be a Christian to be a hypocrite. Everybody's a hypocrite. You know, and they come here, oh, I knew that was the way it was. Nobody smiled at me. Did you smile at anybody? You sat there like this. Daring people to greet you. Daring people. They cut the donut in half. Couldn't even give me a whole donut. You know what y'all, you know what, I, you, you know what my mama would have told you? You know what that's better than? Nothing. Right? Got a free half donut and going to complain about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to be real. And is that even important? Nope. We'll give you a whole donut if you're going to cry about it. You know what I'm saying? But the truth is we can apply this to our own lives and the lives of others. I don't deserve God's grace. It's my fault. But God didn't think that was important. He loved me enough to forgive me. He loved me enough to change me. I'm not going to decide I'm not going to help somebody because what they did is their fault. Because that's not how God treats me. It's easy to forget what's important when we're out of focus. Things get blurry real fast. Say, why are we going to go down to these tough parts of, of the city? Because they need Jesus. And nobody else will go. Because we like to be comfortable in our, little, in our little four walls on Sunday. We do our little ditty for God. Then we go home and wonder why we ain't happy. Right? Because we're focused on who's at fault, not what's important. So we get ten rejections, but one comes into the kingdom. And what do we focus on? The ten, ten rejections instead of the one that came into the kingdom. The second thing I want you to see is that, that, that not playing it safe requires paying attention to what God wants to do next. Oh, come on, church. That should have been an amen. amen. We're trying to talk about what God wants to do next. If you're all stuck in the now, I want to know what he wants to do next. I want to focus on the future. I want to imagine who's going to get a hold of these and come into the kingdom and maybe even be baptized the very next week. Come into the kingdom, back to church Sunday, get radically saved, get baptized. That's next. And that's what Jesus does here. You know, he said, we must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. Listen to this, for night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said, man, let's focus on what's next. Let's focus on what God wants to do. Let's pay attention. But here's the problem. If you keep your attention on yourself, you won't keep your attention on what God's trying to do because you're worried about you. CareFest, we're going out there 240 strong. Uh, seven by seven, we're going out there 160 plus strong. Right? That, 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 that evangelism uh, training, I've got so much faith, we've moved it to the fellowship hall because we believe other churches are going to come and we're going to fill that place to the glory of Jesus. But that's up to you. I want to know what God's going to do next. But it's up to you. Jesus can help us the same way he helped the disciples pay attention to what's next. Our attention must be stayed on what God wants to do in us 
so that he can do it through us. But until, church, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Until you let God do something in you, he can't do something through you. And then when he does something in you, it wasn't for you. You're blessed to be what? And so we go out into the community and we give away what God has given us. And then you say, Pastor, I can't go because I was this or that. And I tell you, you're not perfect. You're being what? See, there's all your excuses are out the window. So I expect these to be gone today. Don't make a brother mad. I will be eyeballing you and I will be checking trash cans at restaurants and grocery stores. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yes, Pastor. I'm going to give these away. These are going to hit the spot. Don't do it. The Lord is watching. You know what I'm saying. You know how people do. They act like, oh, we're going to do everything, and then bam, trash. What if somebody's digging through the trash, Pastor, and then they... Don't even try that with me. How are they going to know? Well, then you stand near the trash can and hand them out. <laughs> we must work the works of Jesus now. Now. And focus on what's next. Jesus is the light of the world, and He called City on a Hill Church to be the light in this city. And He's called you to be an individual city on a hill in your community, your world, your city, your school, your neighborhood. And He called us corporately to be a city on a hill. We got to keep our eyes on Him and ask Him, What's next, God? What's next, God? What's next? And the third thing I want you to see today is not playing it safe requires us allowing God to heal us and moving forward toward the future. This is what happens. For the second time, they called this blind man in uh, and they said, uh, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. Because they were trying to call Jesus a sinner, right? He said, one thing I do know, is, uh, though, is that I was blind, now I see. And they said to him, what did he do to you to open your eyes? He answered them, I already told you, and you wouldn't listen. Do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? He said, I told you this story once. He was done playing it safe. He said, listen, all I know is I felt the power of God, and now I have seen the power of God, and I've never seen anything before. So all I know is I was blind, now I see. And if you keep asking me questions, it means you're interested in him. And so he tells them, listen, I let him heal me, and now my future is secure. You see, that former blind man, he, he stepped out, and he even got a little sassy, didn't he? Got a little sassy. He got a little sassy because he wanted them to know. Listen, he wasn't trying to get caught up. He, he wasn't focused on a future in the synagogue with faithless people. He wasn't focused on, on being in church with a bunch of faithless people. Was he? You know why? Because he knows that's dead. Somebody should write Ichabod over the door. That means the Spirit of the Lord has departed. All right, I heard a little groan in the house. Right? He didn't care about a religious debate. I ain't interested in your religion. He didn't care about their political view. He didn't care about any of that. He focused on one thing. Jesus changed me, and now I got to move forward. I got to move forward. He said, I have to follow him because he's the only one that ever took any time for me. 
Listen, God wants to heal you and propel you in forward into the future that he has for you. But you got to leave the past in the past unless you're telling your story for God's glory no matter how gory. I don't ever, listen, I don't care if people know what I was. I hope they know who I am and what I'm going to be tomorrow. Listen, they say, weren't you that? Yup. But God, and I can't wait till tomorrow because he's still working on me. And that's the hope that we have. But listen, we can't waller in that. You've either been forgiven or not. So be forgiven, trust Jesus, forgive yourself, and propel yourself forward. And when people remind you of your past, you let them know about your present and the future that God has for you. That's the goal. That's how you don't play it safe. You don't ever forget where you came from. Some of us in this room, you forgot you were those people. Now you're trying to keep those people out of the church. Now you're trying to not go to those people because you know what those people are capable of. But in case you forgot, you were those people. Somebody's got to go to those people. And he chose us people to go to those people. So he can change those people into us people. Everybody's acting like they don't know their way to some certain places. You know you know the way. If you were blind, you could find your way. You know they took so many steps that way. Might not be that way to the church, but you know what I'm saying. Or men's Bible study, but you didn't hear that from me. Women's Bible study Tuesday night, there's always a room. Men's Bible study Wednesday night, there's always room. Ooh. You know what that was like? That was like a church mouse peeing on cotton. Couldn't hear a thing. Couldn't hear a thing, could you? Couldn't hear a thing. Paul, I couldn't get one amen. Not even one. They were like, he's talking to you. We're trying to be live here. And then people are like, that's why I don't go there. He's trying to step on my toes through the airwaves. Streaming all on my toes. But listen, guys, we can't play it safe, man. Because I'm telling you what, we won't, we won't last a generation. We won't last a generation if we play it safe. The generation after generation, we've got to be faith-filled and step out and do things that nobody else will do. And even if you don't see what those other people are, are gaining, who cares? It needs to be focused on what God has called us to do. Can't get caught up in somebody. A comparison is the death of contentment. You focus on what God's called you to do. The fourth thing is bringing our brokenness to God and trusting Him to make something beautiful out of it. You see, we bring our brokenness to God and trusting Him to make something beautiful out of it. You know what happened? Jesus heard they cast Him out. So you know what they did? The blind man who could come when he was blind now couldn't come because he could see and Jesus healed him so he wasn't welcome in church anymore because God did a miracle in his life like well why can't he come to church well God did a miracle in his life so he can't come isn't that stupid it is but that this is the bible this is what happened to the man look and, and, and having found him he said do you believe in the son of man he answered and who is he sir that I may believe in him Jesus said to him You have seen him, and it is he who's speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. He said, I don't need that. Long as I have a relationship, I don't need religion. 
I don't need religion. Throw me out of your church. Throw me out of your... That's why I preach so hard. I'm like, if they throw me out, I'm going to get out in front and make it look like a parade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Preach so hard, people say, I ain't ever. We running him out of town. You run me out of town, I'll be like... Dun, 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 dun. You know? Get one of them big hats. Y'all be like, dang, he's happy. But no, I ain't happy. I'm just, I'm just glad to be moving away from a place that people don't want to do nothing. I want a relationship with Jesus because that's the only way I'm going to live. And the only way I can even, listen, I'm going to be honest with you right now. The only way that I keep my faith is my relationship with Jesus. Because, yeah, the church got a lot of bumps and scars and bruises. But Jesus said the church is the bride of Christ. And he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So the bottom line is, we're stuck together. We're stuck together. But that ain't going to change me from preaching Jesus in a relationship with Jesus above religion. So you can throw me out. I'm all right. But you can't throw me out of Jesus. And look, he said, look, he was thrown out. And then Jesus said, well, uh, do, do, do you believe? And he's like, well, who is he? And he's like, it's me. He's like, well, boom. That's easy. It's a personal relationship with God. He didn't even have to take a class for baptism. Imagine that. He didn't have to get his life right to go to the revival. He didn't have to get his life right to serve God. Because God was working on him. You see, we bring our brokenness to God and we trust him to make something beautiful out of it. Jesus found out they threw him out and a former blind man decided he wasn't going to play it safe anymore and he chose not to. You see, Jesus asked this man, do you believe and, and do you need further clarity? And I want you to know today, it's okay for you to investigate your faith. It's okay for you to have questions. But the former blind man took a chance and admitted he wanted to know more. Look at what he says. He says, man, he says, and who is he that I may believe in him? It's okay to have questions. People stay away from the Tuesday night Bible study or the Wednesday night Bible study because they think, oh, everybody's going to know I'm, I'm biblically illiterate. No, we're growing together as men and women of faith. We don't have all the answers, but we get them. We dig into them that we may believe. He brought his brokenness to Jesus and trusted Jesus. The first part was a physical brokenness and Jesus healed him. The second part was a, a relational brokenness because he was thrown out of his church. His own mom and dad didn't want to get thrown out, so they shifted him. He brought his brokenness. He brought his spiritual brokenness to God. And you know what he found? He found faith. Not just faith, real faith. Real faith. Because he was willing to admit God, I need you. God, I need you. Not only did he receive physical healing, he also received the miracle of spiritual healing and the miracle of salvation. And here's the super cool thing. Here's the coolest thing I want you to know. And please hear my voice today. You didn't play it safe today. You're here. You know how much it took to get here? I know. I know. I know I've been on the other side of never being in church or not being in church in a long time. And showing up for the first time. You didn't play it safe. So why not let's go all the way. Let's not go halfway today. You showed up here with questions. And I accepted you to invite. Christ. And I just simply ask you do you believe? 
And you don't have to have all the answers because none of us have all the answers. That's what faith is. But at the same time, we didn't come here to play it safe today. We came here to have our life changed, to gain a purpose, a vision for our lives. You see, God has a preferred future for our lives. The question is, are you willing to not play it safe and trust him? Because the future he has planned far exceeds any expectation that you could dream of. And that doesn't mean money, riches, and fame. It means joy, and it means purpose and passion. And God has made you with that. But you got to decide, I once was blind, but now I see. And when you go out and people, and you take these out and you invite people, all you're doing is saying, listen, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Christ? Could he be the Messiah? And you invite them into the same journey. And if they say no, they didn't reject you. They rejected God. And you move on. And you move on. And you move on. And I hope that you get to be the weird religious person in your community. (laughs) Don't go to her door. She's going to tell you about Jesus. Don't go to his door. He's going to invite you in for tea and Jesus. Don't go sit by him near the pool. Because all he's going to do is talk about Jesus. I want to be the guy, I want to be the house that they want to walk past, you know, and you still don't let them. Hey! You want to go to church today? No? No? Yes? No? Is that a hard no? Hard yes? Could be? I'll see you next week. You just keep working. And eventually they're going to say, man, this guy has something. This person has something. Something. And that something is Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. We just say thank you, God, for your grace, your mercy, and your love. Thank you, God, that we don't have to play it safe. And thank you, Jesus, that you didn't play it safe. And I pray right now for each and every person that they would have the passion and the desire to step out in faith. God, I pray today that if we've been playing it safe in our faith that we would stop today and start taking chances we pray over these invitations right now that people will be filled uh, filled and compelled to grab these invitations and not just grab them and set them in their car seats or set them on a shelf but to grab them and go into their communities and invite people to come and see you but god i also know that before you can do something through us you need to do something in us and i'm praying for those here today that want the kind of faith I talked about, the kind of faith in Jesus that's life-changing. I pray that they know that they're forgiven. They have a chance to be forgiven, changed. I pray, God, you'll give them courage to not play it safe and to step it out, to not have all the answers and still say yes, and then to go on a journey, not of perfection, but of being perfected day by day. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I need that kind of faith. I'm done playing it safe. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I'm ready to make that confession. And today is my day. Would you raise your hand high in the air? Yes, I see hands going up. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Today is my day. No longer. Yes, I'm not staying. Yes, thank you. Yes, you guys may place your hands down. And everybody within the sound of my voice, we're just going to pray this prayer from your heart to God's. Prayer is simply talking to God. We're just simply going to pray it from in the quietness of your heart to God's. We just simply say, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe everything that you say you are. 
and I trust you. I am forgiven. I am whole. I am free. And I choose to no longer play it safe, but I'm going to trust you to take my brokenness and make something beautiful out of it. It's in Christ's name that I pray. And the church of Jesus Christ said, now give the Lord a hand clap this morning because he's a good God. Amen. If you said that prayer, welcome into the family of God. We're so excited for you. We're excited about what God wants to do in your life. Remember, I always bless you before you leave. But I do want to remind you there are packs of uh, these are up here on the on the, uh, on the stage and going out the door, there are packs. There are 25 packs. You can take them and just go into your community. We're a couple weeks away from our Together series. We've already hung banners out there. It's back to church Sunday. And we're joining with other churches and we're praying and asking God to see 13 million people come into the kingdom of God through this endeavor nationwide. We believe that God can do that. And so I want to, I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. Amen. What a harvest. What a harvest. So you and I get to do that. So we're going to have these up here and those in the back. Please grab you a pack or two. Take them out and let's make Jesus famous in our city. Amen. Let me bless you. Father, I just pray a blessing over each and every person here. I pray you touch them, that you fill them with your grace, your love, your mercy. Wherever their feet touch, may the good news of Jesus Christ be lived and preached. And God, we love you and we thank you again for the privilege and honor we have of serving you. Now as these folks go out, may they know beyond the shadow of a doubt that they are the apple of your eye and that you love them. It's in Jesus' name we pray and pronounce the blessing. And the church said, amen, amen. amen. I love you guys. I'll see you next week at City on a Hill Church for the final, for the conclusion of Everybody Always.